What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 13 of the True North Talk Show featuring Peter Burnett and myself, Joseph Staten. And first off, I want to say that we missed last week because very busy schedules were present. We had a lot going on. I know I, I personally did, Peter. I don't, I'm not sure. I know we, we briefly spoke, but um, what were you into last week that you were super busy? I see you tweeting all the time these photos of sporting events, but I mean, what exactly were you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's it, and I think it's it's not so much like I'm constantly busy or or that you are either. I think it's more of that our schedules this just didn't really line up last weekend, which is when we normally record. Um, but I've been you know covering high school sports here in the Omaha area, and so you know those you know once a day I'll have a game, and that takes up you know several hours trying to get get to the game. You know, fifteen minutes or so before the before the game starts, and then staying afterwards for interviews and then working on an article. So that takes up several hours at a time. Um, but I won't get too much into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun though. It, it does, you know, make it tough sometimes though. And I know you could talk about, you know, what, what you're doing to keep you busy, but you know, it's, that's just part of what, what happens in life as you get, as you get older, you know, when we were in, I mean, especially in high school, but then even, you know, we were in college, we still had a little bit more free time. And now that we're both, you know, working in a, in a real job, you know, it's not, not quite as easy to find time, but I'm, I'm glad that we're still able to, and that we can talk even, you know, obviously outside of this podcast and still find time to talk to each other. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the work you're doing with, um, with like journalism and just, like I said, the tweeting stuff, covering a game, it, it kind of reminds me almost of something I used to do with just working on individual projects. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. each of your stories or each of your events you're covering is like a little project and it can yeah. probably rabbit rabbit hole pretty easily into many, many hours if you don't watch it. So, Definitely. And especially, especially when I'm working on a story outside of like a game recap, um, like I've been working on one now where there's a, a coach, at one of the schools I'm covering it's called Gretna he coached girls basketball there since like 94 and he has like over 40 years of coaching experience and so he's retiring and passing the passing the whistle as they say in coaching in coaching terms to his uh to one of his former players so um I got to sit down and interview both of them earlier this week and so um yeah I'm excited to get that one out it's basically all wrapped up and uh so yeah, and that that's something though where I'm working on a story like that, you know, I can definitely get you know, sometimes as a writer I get writer's block, but once that little block is broken and I start writing, I could write for hours on end. And so it's it, it you're right, it is easy to get get caught up in that sort of thing, but um Would you compare it to starting an essay? Yeah, yeah, it's I mean it's it's the same thing you're writing. It's a little different. I'd say it's when you don't want to start it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Or that you don't know exactly how to start it. Um, but it's a little, I'd say it's more like writing a story. Like, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know if you did this when, when you were at LCA, but like with, with Miss Bowler's, uh, English classes, those, uh, writing Fridays where we would have a, have a writing prompt and, you know, have that class period to just write up something about, about that prompt. Um, so that's, that's probably, yeah, we did that. Okay. So yeah, that's fun. that's what I, I would compare I re- it to. I remember it was challenging sometimes though because you're not yeah. always in the mood to write a story. So you go on a Friday yeah. <laughs> and you're it's like, man, I enjoy creative writing. I genuinely love doing that. Yeah. Um sometimes to this day I'll just open up like there's a thing called Penzu I use. It's like an online journal. Okay. Um because I used to like to write journals just 
to keep track of my life and everything and just yeah. document moments of where I'm at and everything. It's super inter- interesting to go back and read. For sure. Like one of the, one of my favorite things I've ever done was go back and read like my high school journal, like hmm. just to get back in my mindset, like, dang, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But there's an online thing called Penzu, which I'd, re- I'd recommend. I mean, it's, hmm. it's free, but, okay. um, it's like a online journal and I, I love going in there sometimes just if something is on my heart or like a topic, you know, I, I like writing poetry to the, to this day, like just writing poems and mm-hmm. um, creative writing. And I think that that was awesome that she had that, even though, like yeah. I said, sometimes you don't feel like doing it. Um, I can relate for sure. Like I, I genuinely in, enjoy writing, but there it's <laughs> I feel like for a career, it could be tough because what if you're not in the mood to write like your best writing is not going to come if you make yourself do it when you really really don't want to well and so that's maybe, maybe uh, on that point on that, yeah exactly yeah on, on that point it's sometimes when there's like when there's not games to cover it can be a little bit tough because sometimes there's not a story to write about but that's what makes it easy of doing these game recaps literally like almost like every day except for Sunday or this week on, on Wednesday all the p- possible games I could have gone to were postponed because we've had some rainy and cold weather out here uh, and super windy actually too. There was one soccer game I covered on Tuesday where every time the goalie uh, took a goal kick, it wouldn't, the wind would like push it back and it was, you know, almost going back towards his penalty box. And so, um, so it's, it's been some wild weather out here the last couple of days. It's actually finally, it's a little cold and still a little windy today, but it's completely sunny. It's a, it's a nice day here, here in uh, yeah. Timbuk 1.5. <laughs> well, Unfortunately, here in Ohio, we have uh, winter time coming back around. It mm. is, uh, I think it's like forty degrees today. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, forty-five, and we got gray skies for like the next five of the next seven days. Tomorrow, it's going to be low of twenty-seven. Yikes! So, pretty. Cra- is it warm lows. there? Um, it's it's forty-eight right now. I think. Um. It's, I think, the next several days, except for next Tuesday, it's going to be like a high of 73, which is going to be really nice. Um, but otherwise, we're kind of stuck in this for like the next two weeks, really, like high in the 50s and low in around like 30 or, you know, mid 30s. So pretty, I'd say it's pretty typical of this time of year, maybe a little bit colder than normal, but it's definitely that spring where you still have the, the cold nights and mornings, but you have a little bit of warmth during during the day. Yeah, it's. I guess it's not always that warm in March. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we got spoiled with a little bit of good weather here recently, with like sixty-five, seventy degrees. Yep. Honestly, got yep. up to like seventy-five. It was crazy. Yeah, we did. We did too out here in Omaha. I had had a day. I actually got. I was out covering a girls' soccer game on on last Saturday, and I actually ended up getting a little bit burnt because it was sunny. And then I was able to uh, on. I think it was on Sunday. Or Sunday, or maybe it was Saturday, and this girls' soccer game was on Friday. Whatever the days were. Um, I had an opportunity then when I wasn't writing articles to just kind of sit outside in the sun because it was really nice and sunny. It was comfortable temperature and everything and just kind of enjoy the enjoy the sunlight for sure because, I mean, going through winter, you don't see too much of that. So it's nice to nice to get a little, get a little bit of, uh, of that. That's, that's interesting too because, uh, like, people always say that they wish that it was sunny all year round, but I think that, like, everything in life, it's kind of like the yin and yang balance. If you always had sun, you probably wouldn't appreciate it as much, I don't think. Yeah, like I going, agree. Going through the winter, I feel like we've talked about this uh, somewhat on another podcast. Maybe it was about like, uh, I forget, just seasons, I think, in life. Yeah, I think we did. But I remember that, yeah. 
but you know, we're, uh, actually though, like with even just the weather, the actual weather, like without the cold and winter, I don't think we'd love the sun as much. So I'm definitely looking mm-hmm. forward to to summertime and getting out and you know shooting hoops and yeah, getting back on the baseball diamond and riding bikes and stuff. It's I'm very much looking forward to that, but. Yeah, I think we have at least a month more to go before we get there for sure. Yeah, probably. Um, we're both we're both still. I think I'm actually slightly like north of you. Obviously, I'm quite a bit further west, but I think I'm a tiny bit north of you. But yeah, so we'll, we'll both you're be a having a little pretty, bit west. You're just you're a little, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You've been cusking any corn out there in Omaha? Not yet. I actually still haven't had any corn yet. <laughs> Do they have you? Okay, but have you seen like people selling corn? <laughs> like do they have like local farm markets where you're at and stuff like that i'm sure they do i haven't been to one yet i just go to the local it's it's called baker's the grocery store out here it's <laughs> it's it's like uh it's a baker's. offshoot of kroger it's it's like under okay. the same umbrella but baker's i'm weak baker mayfield <laughs> <laughs> dang how you feeling about baker mayfield i don't know uh, you know do, do you want to talk about that now yeah. Okay. So let's do a little. Let's do a little preface just to yeah. inform our listeners, so we're not babbling about random conversations. But <laughs> we want to get into this podcast. We wanted to talk about having authentic faith, and we had a couple uh, scripture we're going to reference. Uh, I think Romans three and four, maybe parts of five that you wanted to talk about, and then I had um, uh, another section from John. Like per usual, we're still going through John in my church, and it's just mm-hmm. good stuff. So two different scriptures on on faith and and having authentic faith, but. That's the preface. So, okay, now we have that out of the way. <laughs> What's going on with Baker Mayfield? Yeah, um, I think it's Deshaun kind of... Watson going to the well, Browns. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with, with Baker Mayfield because that was that was the first issue before anything started happening with talks with Deshaun Watson or anything. Um, I think going back really for the last couple of years, maybe maybe not two years ago because that was, that was a good season. The Browns finally made the playoffs again, won a playoff game. There weren't really any issues that year. Um, but then all through the last year, you know, last season, everything, it seemed like they were, it was just, I don't know, to me, it seems like there was some sort of disconnect or maybe even a dislike between Baker Mayfield and the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski. And there was obviously something chemistry wise going on between, um, between Baker and Odell Beckham. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I think that kind of, there was a fractured relationship there and the fact i mean he was dealing with injuries specifically one injury to his left shoulder the whole season but um you know he didn't play well at all this season and so i think the browns ownership and even coach stefanski and people in the organization were kind of ready to move on from baker and so then you know there's obviously deshaun watson available because of the allegations against him and all you know just say this if any of those allegations are true I do not want him on on my football team no matter how good he is um but I mean you know there is the innocent until proven guilty but we talked about this a little bit before the podcast there are just so many allegations against him it's kind of hard to believe that at least one of those aren't true um but yeah as a Browns fan it's kind of a the it's per usual really it's it's never it's never comfortable you, as a Browns fan. You feel like they always make stupid decisions, and it's tough. I mean, you might be able to re- relate a little bit as a Lions fan, but I don't know. I feel like the Browns kind of are probably the worst, have been the worst organization in football for for a little while now. 
I think it's dangerous. Um, I, I completely understand what you're saying about the amount of allegations, but I do, I do think it's dangerous to just assume that it could be true because let's be honest, anytime a, an athlete, especially an athlete, but extremely successful person and in recent times, males are kind of the target of, of allegations of sexual harassment. And I'm not saying that, uh, there's not any evidence or like this doesn't ever come true, but I think especially recently I've seen a, personally a lot of cases where people come forward to try to get some sort of money settlement or just to try to defame somebody's name. Um, you know, ex-girlfriends or people that dated in, in college and then they get mm-hmm. drafted and then, oh, all of a sudden he raped me. And it's like, okay. But that doesn't discount the, the actual cases that happen. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, that it's dangerous to just assume, you know, until something comes forward. And, like, there was... I saw a second grand jury. We just we were talking about this too. That basically ruled him innocent. So yeah, um, and I think that was know, in I, one that was in one specific criminal case. He he still has a, like twenty two civil cases against him that haven't been proven guilty or innocent yet. But yeah, just to to clarify for the listeners exactly what what that innocent uh, verdict was about. Yeah, and I think it does. It also like do you know what the cases are? Is it like sexual harassment? Like people. Because, I mean, the definition of sexual harassment versus assault is really different, depending on who you ask. Yeah, I honestly, I should know this. I'm not sure, because, yeah, there is a big difference between um, harassment and assault. I mean, neither one is, you know, you know, every every sin is equal to, to another. Neither, but neither one in, in its legitimate case is okay. But I'm yeah. just wondering, because some people, I've, I've heard some ridiculous stuff. Like, some people think... Um, uh, quote unquote cat calling or walking down the street and saying like hey you look you're looking good or something like that like that's sexual harassment no yeah i'm sorry that's that's not that's the the es i'm looking at an espn article right now the accusation was sexual misconduct and so that might be what a lot of these are um but then one other thing on the flip side of what you were saying about how a lot of athletes are you know people come forward against them you know specifically women in in most cases against against the male athlete and they they make these accusations and sometimes it is because you know they realize that this i mean it's kind of like when you see these old tweets kind of resurface for for star athletes yeah um you know try to you know pull anything to get this athlete in trouble or make themselves you know the spotlight and take away from 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 the star but on on the flip side you know when there's a lot of cases where athletes kind of feel invincible they feel like they can't be brought down and so they kind of just do whatever they want to do um and so powerful powerful people in general definitely yeah and obviously i'm just saying athletes because that's what we're talking about here but yeah i mean so i think you know what i always like to try to do is look at it from from both sides you know a lot of times athletes abuse the power they have and make bad decisions and mess up people's lives but then on the flip side, they oftentimes have have their lives ruined because somebody is making a false accusation. And yeah, I mean it's it's a difficult situation. It's especially tough as as a Browns fan, but even even more so as just a human being. Um, you know, we know that if you know the allegations that are against him are obviously wrong and disturbing, and you know it's. Yeah, it's just kind of a tough situation to navigate because you know you want to root for for this team that you've root up that you've you know 
grown up rooting for, but yeah. And again, it's tough because we don't know for sure whether these allegations are true or not. So until we know for sure, it's, I'm not really making a, you know, a final judgment, but it's, it's definitely not a good look either way. Well, I think that if, if, Things going in the good direction for Deshaun Watson. I think it'll be pretty cool to see him play. Yeah, Man, and he's he's Deshaun a hell of a Watson player too. Yeah, come on, that's gonna be sick. <laughs> I was just talking with somebody the other day about how we're, how crazy it is that like DPJ's stat line, like when he was at Michigan, his his last year, he had mm-hmm. like 600 yards receiving, like six touchdowns, and now he's you know could could be argued to be um, a number one receiver for the yeah. Browns so they got Amari Cooper too but and we'll see there's well, yeah. there's, there's rumblings about uh about OBJ wanting to come back I don't I don't think that's going to happen but it'd be pretty cool if he did I mean and obviously he's going to be out for the next year because of his his ACL tear but yeah that's another he's interesting the, development he's with the Rams though right he just won a Super, Super Bowl there yeah right? but I think he, he was just signed to a one-year contract so he signed. He went over there really late in the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't know. Interesting developments. Very Definitely. interesting developments in the NFL. Had Devontae Jones or Devontae Adams. I'm stupid. All good. <laughs> Go to uh, Oakland, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big pickup for the Raiders. Yeah. That's great. I said Devontae Jones. And a big. Jones. And a big <laughs> the reason that you know you know why I said that, right? Um, Michigan, point guard. Okay, how how do you feel about that game? Uh, was it yesterday? Um, I was disappointed they lost, but yeah, uh, over they outperformed expectations by even making to the Sweet Sixteen. So I'm happy. It was it was it felt good to to know that um Michigan State and Illinois were watching Michigan from home on the couch after all the the crap that was talked. I was like, yeah, okay. I guess I mean Ohio State too. I'm not I'm not trying to talk too much about Ohio State trash because I don't really care as much in basketball. But it was the fact that you guys were watching from the couch, so that did feel kind of good. But yeah, whatever. It's not well, like the, and we that, that Illinois team, that that Illinois, that Villanova. You said Illinois, so I got I got uh, twisted up there. But <laughs> hey, no cap though. Villanois. Illinois could be some villains. No cap. Villanois. <laughs> No, okay, but so what about Villanova? Villanova they they <laughs> Villanova looks legit. Uh, dude, I cannot stand Villanova. They've they got they got I think it's they got some great defense. Hey, I mean, but both both of our teams lost to them though, so we're both not exactly fans of them. But at the same of? time, don't you, don't you want to lose to the to the both. to the champions? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's different in the NCAA tournament for real because anybody could win it. So, um. Villanova is just such a strong program, man. It's I, yeah. I knew going into that game, it's like, dude, this, this is a crapshoot to win this game. But yeah, well, and um, also while we're talking about the NCAA tournament, where did how far did you have Gonzaga going? Oh, they were in the final. They were in my championship with yeah. Michigan, so I'm done. I had them winning, so I paid I'm like I'm in two like twenty dollar bracket groups. I'm completely okay. done at this point. Like I had Michigan and yeah. and and Gonzaga. Okay. Of course, Michigan is. What about unlikely, your what about your other in the bottom half in the final four? I had UCLA and Kansas, so I'm still good on those final four teams, but I'm not going to get a champion. Uh, let me see. Let me look at my terrible bracket. This is nowhere near anywhere accurate. Yeah. Uh, final four, they're all done. I had Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Auburn. Oh, 
you should you should have yeah. asked me about Baylor. I had them losing to, to North Carolina because they have one of the one of their best players. I for, I forget his name. He's the center for the, for them. Um, was was injured, and so I kind yeah. of I expected them to get bounced early. Actually, I predicted that like I predicted that region pretty good. I even I had Kentucky. I didn't have St. Peter's making it this far, but I had Kentucky losing uh, in the second round, anyways. So that that region is actually pretty good for me. I still have, I have three. Unfortunately, I had Murray State going to the Elite Eight, but I still have three teams, uh, three teams out of four in the Elite Eight, and I could still get UCLA right. So that region has Dude, actually looked pretty good for me. I want UCLA to, UCLA to lose. That what's his name? Johnny Jozang. Juzang. Yeah, Juzang, I think it's Juzang. Yeah. yeah. I think they beat Michigan last year in the tournament in the Elite Eight. And yeah, I was like, they did. I cannot stand them. So I think I it was, it was the Final Four. Michigan made it to the Final Four. Don't don't uh, don't cut yourselves uh, cut yourselves out of that. You guys actually had a really good season last year. Okay, maybe it was Final Four. It's yeah. kind of foggy in my, in my memory because that was like the whole first year after COVID. Weird. Yeah, weird all thing. the games were in Indiana, which yeah. was interesting. Yeah, I, don't get mad at me, but I'm rooting for St. Peter's against Purdue. Okay. I know we're I know we're Big Ten kids, but no, nah, I'm not I'm not that type of person either. I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, always root for the Big Ten. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't really care about all that. <laughs> Whatever that voice you just did was very interesting. <laughs> you should say it's, something it's, about Vill- You should say something about Illinois in that voice. No, we should we should all root for <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> stupid <laughs> no but uh, speaking of stupid though that's how i feel after <laughs> after picking gonzaga again and I, I saw a tweet about this it's like they beat up on you know people who work at like i forget exactly what the tweet said but i'm, so I'm gonna change it up a little bit here but like they're they're going up against people that are be working in uh in the grocery store uh in their in their conference out in the uh they're gonna be working at, at Starbucks because it's the West Coast Conference. Hey, so, yeah. hey, chill! I was at Starbucks. <laughs> oh yeah, but what I mean by that is, you know, you don't see too many, except for you, obviously. You don't see too many star athletes working at a Starbucks. So, <laughs> but it's, for it's me. like, except for you, exactly. <laughs> but I, Thank I'm, you. I, 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 I hoped this year when I picked them that it would finally be there because I picked them. I think I did last year, and I might have a couple years ago. I've picked them a couple times to win the championship, and they, they always fail me, and so. I think I think this might be the time I finally realized that until they like make the move probably to the Pac-12, which I think they should if they want to actually like do more and you know they they need to face tougher competition. You know they 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 did for once actually have two other tournament teams in their conference, St. Mary's and San Francisco, but San Francisco lost in the first round and St. Mary's lost in the second round. So I think until Gonzaga goes to a bigger conference and can prove that they can actually beat good teams i think i'm finally making the smart decision to give up on them because they've they've let me down several times yeah i feel like there's another team like that for me too in the tournament especially i think every year i pick like iowa to do something Hmm. and they always choke always yeah i don't know why a lot of times big big 10 teams in general do i mean Uh, yeah look at the stats man michigan i mean i'm Again, I, I am a Michigan fan. I'm not trying to brag, but the, the the stats clearly like it's like Michigan and then the rest of the Big Ten. Like yeah, Michigan and has I think won, has Izzo what, won a championship at Michigan State because they might be the only other one that can actually get it done in the postseason. And I know, I guess you know, like every, every Dude, few Michigan years, State, even though the past like yeah, ten years, man. Aside aside from have, the championship, though, yeah, 
they they've have been pretty bad. Really struggled in March. I mean, Tom yeah. Izzo, he gets a lot of praise, I think, undeservedly a lot of the times because you look at his track record in March. Yeah. It's not good, dude. Some coaches like, are just like they're regular season coaches and, and even maybe like conference tournament. Yeah, actually, Michigan State, they haven't, they own, they made a championship. They were runners up in 2009. And the last time they won a championship was 2000. And before that was seven, 79 when they had Magic Johnson. So. Okay, yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. People hype them up so much. It's so annoying. Well, and, and, yeah, and then, like, the Big Ten last year, there were, what, nine teams that made it, and, like, all of them were out besides Michigan before, like, the Elite Eight. And then, obviously, Michigan made it to the Final Four. That was, like, the best Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing this year. I mean, who's left? Purdue? Is that it? Uh, I think so, yeah, Purdue. Yeah, Purdue is the only Big Ten team that's left in – and we're we're only halfway through the Sweet 16, and we had what like eight or nine teams this year too. It's like, yeah, it's just they. I think it's I think part of it might be, and this is gonna make it sound like you know what I am as being a fan of a Big Ten team is I think the conference really beats up on each other throughout the season, and by the time they get it's to a, the it postseason, is a conference. It I is. think it's the toughest in college basketball. I mean, you have you have some conferences that you have maybe a better better a couple better teams at the top of the conference like the ACC. Or the or the SEC or even the Pac-12, but I think top to bottom, the Big Ten has to be the best basketball conference. I don't think I'm informed enough in college basketball to be able to say that, yeah, concretely. But I do know that the the coaches in the Big Ten, the talent, uh, the tradition. I think it's it's definitely up there. But it just it doesn't happen in the tournament though for some reason. It's kind of like Big Ten football too. You're talking about regular yeah. season beating up on each other. I, I don't yeah. think. I mean. I had a whole new understanding of the SEC after that playoff game with Georgia, but hmm. um, I, I don't. Man, it, it is similar because look at how the football season is. Like, you know, hard nosed football. Every team you play is extremely challenging in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Defense. You know, they're gonna e- even the teams that are not always up there competing for playoff spots, like Wisconsin and yep. Iowa and Northwestern. Those teams. Dude, yeah, Northwestern, perfect example. Michigan State, Penn State. They're still yeah. gonna like, you know, have a heavyweight bout with you. Like, yeah. So it's interesting. It's I guess it's like that in basketball and football. But yeah, yeah, I definitely have noticed that. Yeah, I do want to give Michigan some some props though. They did. They took down Tennessee. That was a big win. They made it to the Sweet Sixteen as yeah, an eleven you, seed. I, you, I wasn't uh, expecting that. They killed my uh, Final Four. One of my Final Four teams there. I had Tennessee going going to the Final Four, and from from that game, really before that game, I had actually done pretty well. I got. I got 21 out of 32 right in the first round, and then I got 9 out of 16 right in the second round. But ever ever since Michigan beat Tennessee, my whole bracket's gone kind of downhill. Not, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but I'm I'm sure that you saw my response to your tweet. Yeah, I did. Go, with a go blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little t- – at least, though, the one positive thing about Ohio State losing, losing to Villanova is at least we didn't have to lose to you guys again in this calendar, in this academic year, I guess. It's kind of sad though. I wish we could have seen a Michigan Ohio State in the Sweet 16. That, that would have been epic. pretty cool. I mean, the last time, last time it, last and only time it's ever happened in the NCAA tournament was I think in '92, and I think it was in maybe the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. You guys won Who that. Who won that? Michigan won it. Yeah, Michigan won. Okay. And I think, because I, I was looking at that year then, because I was curious to see what happened after that. I think you guys made it to the championship game. I'm not 100 percent okay. sure on that, but. Yeah, I'm looking at a stat here. It says Michigan uh, is is just the fifth team to make five consecutive Sweet 16 since 1985. 
Yeah. And it's Michigan, Duke, UNC, Gonzaga, and Kansas. So they're they're kind of an elite company. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, besides besides Gonzaga, all those other teams have a championship. You guys don't. So yeah, I'll just say Which that we had runner-ups in 2013. Yep. I think we've been to. Well, two technically, or three Final Fours. Could you claim that as a championship now since Louisville had to vacate that? <laughs> Did they vacate it? Yeah, because they had the the stuff with Patino. All the, I forget exactly what was going on there, but they had to vacate it, which I think is kind of kind of pointless anyways. Like, they still won it. You know, history I mean, can't erase that. I wanted to claim it anyways because that BS block they called a, a goaltend for Trey Burke. goaltend, okay. Yeah, basically changed the outcome of the game. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyways, Michigan, uh, very happy, man. Success in basketball. Very, very, very happy. Jawan Howard, I think, has had a pretty good start there, even though this regular yeah. season was not the best. I remember texting you about this team, and I was like, dude, we're trash. Like, I'm not even keeping up with it. But yeah, made made a little run at the end. Definitely. It's it's all about, all about when you get hot. The other thing is, too, though, I mean, who could have expected that after not just the regular season, but losing in the first round of the Big Ten tournament? You know, I mean, it, it was a pretty good turnaround there for for a couple of games for for the right. Michigan Wolverines in basketball. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about that stupid voice you did with Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my uh, dumb voice, stupid voice. <laughs> okay, well. Why don't we go ahead and transition in, into getting into that scripture so we can stay on track here. We're already like 30 minutes in, so mm-hmm. um, did you want to open up with that Romans 3 passage? Yeah, definitely. And so what we'll be talking about, just the kind of intro, and it kind of actually came up earlier in the conversation about like living by faith. Um, so we're going to be we're gonna be kind of talking about that in the, in the scripture readings for today. And so I'm going to be starting in uh, Romans chapter 3, verses, verses 21 through 31. And this, uh, the title, the subtitle for this section is called Righteousness Through Faith. And I was going to focus on the beginning of Romans 8, but I realized that there's the beginning of uh, Romans 4. There's kind of a like transition thing where you kind of should know what, what's being said before. So again, this is Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. And I guess I'll I'll pause for a second here if you have anything that you want to add before I go into Romans 4. Otherwise, I'll go right into that. No, I think it's what sticks out to me from that is the spiritual circumcision as opposed to the physical act, which they um, really held highly back in those times. Yeah. You know, 
Um, <clears throat> I think it's awesome to to read that. Um, it's it's almost like symbolism of you know there's not we don't have the Gentiles or the Jews or the uncircumcised circumcised. We have one hmm. now with <clears throat> through Christ. So that's that's what stuck out to me there. Yeah, there's definitely a good good observation there. And I think another thing that, that stood out to me, and, and I think we had talked about this a little bit like outside of the podcast, maybe a tiny bit in the podcast, but um, what I had been reading a lot earlier in the year, because um, I'm doing old, through the Old Testament in a year, was a lot about like Leviticus and even, even in Exodus and Numbers, a lot of stuff about like the sacrifices that had to be made so that people, and obviously those sacrifices were made in faith, but you know, kind of for me, my mindset of that is kind of like, you know, thinking about, you know, what if we still do this nowadays, but then verse, verse 25 actually is the answer for why we don't have to do this anymore. And again, it says God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And so I think that's kind of a cool answer to like, it ties in perfectly to you know those those passages about the sacrifices that had to be made because Jesus Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice uh, of atonement like it says here and instead of the shedding of you know a calf's blood or um or a sheep's blood or a lamb's blood we we have the the blood of Christ as as long as we truly in faith you know welcome that and believe in God we have that as a replacement for those sacrifices that used to have to be made Mm-hmm. And it says here, Romans uh, 3.25, talking about uh, the Greek for sacrifice of atonement, refers to the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. So that's very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I like that, uh, that what you said there. That's that's very true. Did you, so was this leading into something? You said yes. Romans 4. Um, what were you wanting to read after that? So th- I'm going to be going then into Romans 4, 1 through 8. And so I think th- this question is to about me, Abraham. which is called Abraham Justified by Faith, is the subtitle here. And the first verse, I'll read that first as kind of an intro, is, What then shall we say that Abraham, or for our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? So again, this is kind of saying like, as a follow-up question to what we read in Romans, in Rome, at the end of Romans 3, what then shall we say that Abraham our forefather according to the flesh discovered in this matter. And so then starting picking up in verse two uh, of Romans four, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. I actually, I want to pause there so I don't forget about that um, before we get back to that. And then I can read through the rest um, and give you, I'll give you a chance too if you want to add anything to this, but um you know, the, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which you could, you know, in different words, say the perfection of, of Jesus Christ, you know, righteousness, it's kind of a big word, but really the meaning of it's right in there. It's basically doing right uh, and living in the correct, in the right way. Um, and so Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So back, you know, back before Jesus came, obviously the, you'd have to live in faith and righteousness by, you know, by performing those sacrifices and by following the law that existed at that time. And so what this, what verse three is saying is that Abraham believed God and that was credited to him as righteousness instead of having to make sacrifices. So, um, Hmm. before Mm -hmm. I go into verse four, you know, what are your thoughts on that? 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that's very profound. He believed. It kind of reminds me of what we were talking about with um, John 3.16 mm-hmm. and just the, you know, actually I was debating this in my life group as well. I was like, um, belief alone, uh, I don't think biblically is is enough for salvation because mm-hmm. even even the demons believe that Jesus is the son of God. Yep. So it it's not just the fact that you believe that Jesus was the son of God, um, but it is interesting. It says right here, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So I wonder if belief um, or faith is, you know, it's not necessarily alone enough for salvation, but it was credited to him as righteousness. Hmm. So I wonder, I wonder what else, you know, because before Jesus came, I think that, um, obviously they were under a different, um, I don't, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? Different, I don't know. Law? Law, yes, but they didn't have Christ. So, you know, if they, if somebody died before Christ came, um, I'm not sure exactly how they will be judged. I think it's going to be different than, than us, right? Because we have I would imagine, Jesus. although in, in I feel like their, their belief, instead of being in, in Jesus as the, the sacrifice, was just in in Yahweh, in in the God of Israel. Um, yeah. And then living living out the commands because and there was there was still a lot of following so I think obviously I feel I mean I I can't know this for sure I'm only speculating because I don't know the mind of God nobody does um, I would speculate you know obviously because nobody back then was perfect I would speculate that as long as you know their form of repentance was instead of coming to God just in prayer and being like you know you know for, for those of you who maybe don't know how to pray here's a quick example you know God I'm sorry for 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 what I did for the sin I for the sin I committed please help me to to not commit that sin again and to live with the the mindset of not committing that sin. And so I imagine, you know, back in those times instead of that sort of prayer it would be making a sacrifice. So I imagine if you know they they exhibited a pure sense of repentance and made the sacrifice and believed that God existed, you know, and it's the same sort of things that we believe now, obviously, for them, it would have been without Jesus Christ. I imagine that's how people back then would have been saved. Um, you know, they would have been more focused on what they did, but obviously, also them, you know, believing that that what what the what the Torah said was true. Yeah, uh, I I forgot about, but I just remembered the. You know, have you heard about like the like Abraham's bosom? <laughs> Sounds stupid. <laughs> yes, but... like kind of the in between place. Yeah, we're like, talking about yeah. Luke sixteen nineteen to thirty one, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of show it, it paints a picture of, you know, the rich man and Lazarus, and like how they could like see each other, which is much different mm-hmm. than than what we know to be uh, hell. Yeah, like hell is is eternal. It's you're you're not eternal separation. You yeah. can't you can't see talk to anybody that's saved. You can't none of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think back then that that was that was part of it. I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not too educated on, um, honestly, on like how how that worked as far as like if you die before Christ, how will you be judged? Will you be under the same um, protocol eventually as as us? I don't know, but yeah, I'm not. I, I do sure think either. I do think it's interesting though. Like you know, he was credited to him as righteousness for belief, but my question would be, hmm, I wonder if that righteousness means, you know, saving righteousness or it, like with that enough to save him obviously we know abraham was saved but mm-hmm. um yeah that's 
I would like to I would like to dive more into that because I wonder what exactly that means. Yeah, well, actually, we might have a little bit of an answer. I just kind of there's a little like note there of like you know it's referencing Genesis um, fifteen six, and then it also picks up in verse twenty two. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read starting in verse eighteen of chapter four. Um, and you know, before that, it kind of talks about how, how Abraham received the promise of you know that he'd be the heir of the, that his offspring would be the heir of the world, um, and then also how um, he was kind of like the law came from him. He's the father to us all. It says in verse sixteen, um, and then seventeen says, "As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations." Um, you know, for those who who don't have a a biblical understanding of of Abraham, I think his story is mostly told in like the Genesis, like the teen chapters, maybe like somewhere between like thirteen and nineteen. I think is where his story is mostly told. Um, but then picking up here in Romans verse cha- chapter four, verse eighteen, it says, "Against all hope, Abraham, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it is, at, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be." Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So I think there you go. There's your answer, especially in verses 20 through um, 24, really talks. You know, I think that's that's the answer right there. If if you want me to, I can read it through one more time. But um, yeah, I think that's that's the answer to how Abraham and other people of that time would be saved. Hmm, Yeah. Twenty two. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but for also also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the, that is a good answer. But then my, my next question would be, maybe you want to touch on this. What is the difference between belief and faith? Is there any difference between hmm. just having belief and having faith? I think belief is, there's, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, belief is like believing the things that are unseen, um, mm-hmm. something like that. And so I think, to have belief, you need to have faith, if that makes sense. Like, faith is, like, put faith is kind of like putting your trust in something that you can't see, and so that kind of then, I think they're kind of interconnected. And, and and again, I'm not, I can't give, you know, one, the 100% factual answer, I'm just giving my opinion. Um, but that's, that's what I would think, is that they're kind of interconnected. I wouldn't say they're exactly the same thing. Um, I think... To have belief, you need to have faith. Um, so, yeah, I might have... I, I would agree that they're mutually dependent. Yeah. <clears throat> but I would say um, I think faith is very active, and I think belief mm-hmm. is like almost like a prerequisite for that. So Yeah, I can see that. That know, makes sense. What is genuine faith, essentially? That's the question. Like, what does that look like? And maybe we want to... We want to read a little bit of... Were you done with Romans 4? Do you want me to... Um, to I can do... I'll do verses 4 through 8, but then I just... I want to read kind of answering that is verses 20 through 21 again. 
kind okay. of ex- it kind of talks about what what faith and belief is. This and this is talking about Abraham when it says, "Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised." So I think there in, in verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That's what belief, that's what faith is, is believing the promises of God. Okay, so did you want to do 4 to 8 and before we t- move on to John? So in, in Romans 4, chapter 4, um, verse 4, it says, Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as, as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. And so I think that just kind of wraps up what I was, what we were talking about earlier about, you know, when you have faith, you're among those who are counted as blessed. Um, Your transgressions are forgiven. Your sins are covered. Um, and the sins and this, this part verse eight, isn't an excuse to just go out there and do whatever sins you want to do. But, um, you know, it also says, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. What do you, in verse four, when it says the weight to the one who works, the wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. And then it says, however, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Why do you think there is a difference between like it's saying why do you think there is a distinction made between like works wages are credited as an obligation but faith it's not an obligation it's it's a gift basically righteousness maybe this is just a guess it could be talking about like before before Jesus came and was perfect and was you know crucified and died and provided the perfect sacrifice works works were an obligation but now their gift i i'm honestly not really sure exactly what that what that means i think is i think it's just it's trying to show that um that works if you're doing works to try to like prove that you have faith or something or to try to make yourself seem better than somebody else that that's not the, that's not the like the the objective here like you're supposed to live by faith and your your righteousness will be credited to you as a gift basically. Yeah. Kind of like our our salvation. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was um like clearly that's purposeful like making a distinction there, so. Yeah. Anything else that you took from that passage? No, I think I think the biggest takeaway is about that you know that living by faith, you know, and even even though we're we're blessed that we don't have to make the sacrifices that that Abraham had to make for every time we make a mistake. We still need to come before God in repentance whenever we make a mistake, and we need to, you know, by by living through faith, we'll we'll make those those decisions to be truly um, of a mind of repentance when we make a mistake. So I think that's that's the biggest takeaway from this passage for me. For sure. So why don't we go ahead and move into to John four, kind of wrap this discussion up. Mm-hmm. Um, about faith, and, and I mean, this is going to touch more on what I was saying earlier about what is what does it mean to have genuine faith versus just belief. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, <clears throat> John four verses forty three to fifty four. Um, 
Okay, so after the two days he left for Galilee, now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man had heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you'll never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. So what do you, uh, what, what did you think about um, that man's faith and kind of what it means maybe for us with our faith? Yeah, I mean, we have to be careful that we don't look at it like that, that every time that somebody that we love or care about is, is sick or, or in a difficult situation, they're going to get pulled out of it just because we have faith. But it does show that faith can have really it can be really powerful and you know, when it's true and genuine faith and we believe that God can, can fix, fix the problem that we're going through or heal the person that's sick. Um, you know, there's, there's a chance that this can happen. And again, we, we, we can't take this, you know, like he's a vending machine God. And every time that we have faith and believe he's going to fix that situation as we, as we want it to be fixed. I mean, the other key thing is too, that sometimes things happen that maybe we don't see, where good can come out of it, but then eventually there there is good that comes out of it. So I think that's what I get out of this, and it just, you know, even in even in your darkest situations, having faith in God can get you through those situations. That's that's what I get out of this out of this passage, which is a really really powerful and important passage. Yeah, the the thing that stuck out to me was the man's response to Jesus. Like he just, as soon as he told him what to do, he's like, "All right," mm-hmm. he had faith, and he left his son that it was sick. You know, mm-hmm. like how. How hard must have that must that have been for him? Yep, to yep. just leave his son that was sick, and he did, and you know that I think that's a great example of of true faith. Um, it's not always easy though. Like if God mm. feel like God is calling you to do something that you it feels uncomfortable or something or or like a big change in your life, you probably are not just be like, oh okay, all right, bye, and just leave, you yeah. know. But I think that this man. Um, you know, it's a it's a good example of what it means to have like true faith. You know, fully trusting in God, yeah, fully trusting that um, that He can take care of anything that that comes our way. And I think it's kind of it's almost like a real world example of the faith that we were talking about in in Romans chapter four and three. And obviously, they're talking about Abraham there, but it's kind of more from like an idea perspective. But here, it's like an actual example of somebody living it out. So I think it's I think it was a really good. Um, we you know we were able to pick out two really good passages that kind of tie into each other um because in the first one we're kind of talking about what what the idea is what faith is what what faith allows us to have to have and then here is a a real example of what that faith looks like being lived out mhm yeah real life like you said example mhm and i don't think it's too often we see stuff like that i mean <clears throat> in the bible at least when you're t- when you're talking to well, maybe so I, I guess it depends on where you're reading but um, 
Yeah, I think it's important that we that we ask ourselves, do we have true faith? You know, do we fully trust God and are we seeking him for for answers for everything in our lives and uh, something I've been asking myself recently and maybe you can say if you have asked this before or thought about this but like you know is what I'm doing in my life right now ultimately you know to bring God glory or is it to you know your work or where you're spending your money you know habits these types of things like is it am I doing this to glorify myself and bring myself fulfillment or am I structuring my life in a way that I can serve God as much as I possibly can with Mm. the gifts he's given me. That's a question I've been pondering recently. And I think it's, we should all ask ourselves that and make sure that we are, um, just living our lives in a way that, that glorifies him. And, you know, we're obviously going to have, uh, times of struggle and sin and things we deal with and, um, imperfection, but, you know, having come again, coming back to what this we're talking about today is, having true faith, um, fully understanding that nobody is beyond being saved. And especially if you're called, you feel like you're called to, um, to be one of his sheep that mm. I think it's important that we ask that question and think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. And I think, you know, obviously we're both, we're not in fields where, you know, we're not working in a church or working in, in some sort of Christ centered business. So I think we definitely, and, you know, sometimes for some people, and maybe maybe for one of us, eventually it is to to take a career like you know the move that my my dad did, going from being in a pretty lucrative business to being to being a pastor. Um, but but even if that's not the the move that God has for us, we need that we definitely I agree need to be asking ourselves how are we being an example of of Christ? How are we you know sharing sharing His love and His 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 story with others and the hope that He gives with others? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's an important question, and I think that's probably a good sign that you're in a, in a close spot with God to be asking yourself that question. Um, well, I say that humbly. I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that like, oh, you know, I'm doing this. Are you doing right. this? Like, I'm just saying for everybody listening to the show, I think that we need to ask that because I think oftentimes, if you're feeling unfulfilled in your life, it's probably because that question has not been asked, and you're hmm. you're just going through life living it to to for yourself a lot yep. of the times or. Uh, for your girlfriend or or something like that. And um, it, it's, we can't live our life like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just not yeah. what we're designed to do. We're, we're put on this earth to serve God. So yeah, I think that's just about it. I'm, I'm ready to, to wrap this episode up unless you had anything else you wanted to, to touch on. No, I think we had a, a really good, really good talk today. Talked about some, some sports things and then, you know, got it back to, to what's even more important. And that's, you know, in this in this specific case, having faith and living out that faith. So, I think it was it was a great and, talk and today. Just, yeah, for sure, uh, absolutely. And and um, just going forward, for anybody listening, um, we're gonna aim for episodes weekly. That's what, that's what the goal is. But there might be times where <laughs> we miss a week or two or something like that. Just mm-hmm. the the reality of working and and doing school and just living adult lives is that we have responsibilities. So, um. Episodes weekly are not guaranteed. I do want to say that just so we don't disappoint anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but just to sign out real quick, Peter, could you do the, like maybe say like nobody likes Illinois in that voice one more time. Nobody <laughs> likes Illinois. We're Come on, you got to get some love behind it. Nobody likes Illinois. We're rooting for, for Houston now. <laughs> Hope they lose. Stupid Illinois. No. We're rooting for St. Peter's. That's what we're rooting for. Heck yeah. 
That's my name. I, I tweeted out something about that. St. Peter's is repping the name strong right now. St. <laughs> <laughs> right, Joseph's, well, I'm not sure about how they did this year. They're in, they're in the same conference as Dayton. I don't think they did too well this year. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, I've never even heard of them. Uh, we're rooting for St. Peter. Yeah. All right. Well, that's episode 13 of the books. Hope everybody enjoyed. Make sure you like and rate the podcast. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And stay tuned. We have some cool guests coming up. Cool ideas. So uh, we will see you guys next episode. Peace out. Peace.